Episode 7, Chapters 16 through 20 of Half a Chance by Cynthia Lord. This recording is made with permission by Scholastic. Chapter 16. Lost. Getting dressed in the dark, I didn't even know what I could do to help the loons. I just knew all those frantic tremolos and yodels coming through my open bedroom window meant they were in trouble. Nate and Grandma Lila were already on the beach when I got there. Nate was dressed, but barefoot. Grandma Lila was in her nightgown, looking through the binoculars. What's happening to the loons? She snapped. Where are they? Shh, you wake everyone, Nate said. Tremolo sounded. Grandma Lila started for the lake like she was planning to walk right out over the water. Wait, Nate ran after her. Where are you going? I'll go, I said quickly. Don't worry, Grandma Lila. I'll scare away whatever is bothering them. Come back inside, Grandma Lila, please. Lucy will check the loons. She'll make sure they're okay, I heard Nate say as I raced to get a paddle and life vest from under the porch. Come on, come on, come on. It seemed to take forever to get my life vest zipped and the kayak in the water, but even as Nate pushed me off in the direction of the tremolos, I still had no plan, no idea what I would do. I paddled as fast as I could, The sun was rising as I crossed the lake. It sounded like the loon's calls were coming from somewhere on the other side. Only when I reached the middle did I see one of the adult loons. His wings were outstretched, his feet moving fast like he was doing a furious jerky dance. Upright, he was almost running on the water. His bottom feathers only skimmed the surface. He looked like he was trying to take off and fly, only to fall clumsily headfirst into the water. Was he hurt? The loon popped up a second later and yodeled. That must be the male. Where were the female and the chicks? Scanning the water, my eyes caught a movement high in the trees, a flash of white head and dark wings. I gasped. As the eagle leapt off the branch and plummeted towards the water, the female loon and the babies dove as the eagle reached out for them. He skimmed the water, his talons almost touching the waves. Mist. The loon surfaced. Mom, baby one, and baby two. As the eagle circled for another pass, I paddled harder. If I could scare him, maybe he'd leave. He came in for another swipe. His talons spread wide like hands. Go away, I yelled, waving my paddle in the air to distract him as the loons dove. Missed again. The eagle circled around. This time, he flew back to the tree and landed on a branch. Yes, I could keep him away long enough. Maybe he'd get too tired and he'd have to give up. The mother loon and babies popped up again. I wish the little ones could stay underwater longer. 
please don't hurt them. I begged the eagle, please give up. But he didn't. Each time he swooped, I yelled, and each time he came up empty, my heart beat harder. My arms ached, but I kept waving and paddling, trying to catch up to the balloons. He wouldn't come near the babies with me right there, would he? But the loons kept swimming away from me. Wait! I swung my paddle again in the air to scare the eagle. I'm trying to help you, I yelled. Eagle soared in again, so low above the water that he could brush the waves with his feet. The loons dove as the eagle talons stretched out, snatching at the surface with a splash. He had something. Please let it be a fish. But my eyes filled with tears because I knew it was a little loon clutched in his talons. Drop him! I pleaded as the eagle flew off low over the waves. The loon baby would already be hurt. But I could scoop him up and get mom to drive me to an animal hospital somewhere. He could still be okay. Just drop him. But the eagle rose into the trees, holding tight. On a branch, he dipped his beak to his talons. I couldn't watch. The mother loon swam fast on the water, baby one behind. I don't know how long I floated there, feeling the sideways rock of the kayak. The lake was quiet again. Just the ordinary morning sounds of birds and insects and the leaves shaken by the morning breeze. When I finally dared to peek back at the trees, the eagle was gone. I'd done everything I could, but I still felt like I had let everyone down. Maybe I had taken too long getting dressed should have just gone out there in my pajamas, or maybe I could have paddled harder or just shouted louder. I clenched my teeth, hating that eagle. He had just swooped in and snatched our loon baby away from us all. Nature isn't always right. One life matters. Nate and his family wanted this to be a special summer, full of things Grandma Lila loved. How could I tell her? Cupping water into my hands, I tried to wash my face so she wouldn't know I'd been crying. They were waiting on the dock. Are the babies all right? Grandma Lila called. Behind her, Nate looked exhausted. He shook his head, don't, at me. When we hiked Cherry Mountain, I didn't understand why he didn't want to tell Grandma Lila the truth, but I understood now. There was nothing anyone could do. So why hurt her? Are the babies all right? She asked again. Yes, I lied. They're fine. Chapter 17 Left Behind 
An eagle killed one of our loon babies. I texted to Nate when I got back home so he'd know the truth. Oh no, we won't tell GL, okay? Okay, I agreed. But I had to talk to someone before I exploded into pieces. Mom had been sympathetic, but she didn't understand. Dad was worse. When I texted him, an eagle killed one of our loon babies. I saw it happen. He had texted back. I'm sorry you had to see that. But remember that the eagle needs to feed his babies too. That's mean, I texted back. I was so mad that Dad took the eagle's side that I deleted his message and turned off my phone so I wouldn't have to hear him apologize. Nate and Emily were the only people who would understand. So even though I felt raw and knew it would hurt even more to see the loons with only one baby, I walked next door at 10 o'clock for loon patrol. We'll tell you what the loons were doing when we get back, Nate said, handing the clipboard to Grandma Lila. They'll be teaching the babies to fish soon, Grandma Lila said. I wish I could go with you and watch them. We'll tell you everything we see, Emily promised. But as soon as we were well away from shore, couldn't hold it in anymore. At some point, we'll have to tell the Loon Preservation Committee. I moved my pink kayak slowly behind Nate and Emily. They're trying to protect the loons. They can't do that if they don't know the whole truth. Well, they don't need to know today, Nate said. Emily nodded. It's not like there's anything they can do. When the summer's over, real white red happen on the last survey form after Grandma Lila has signed it. She doesn't have to see it. Could we really hide it from her for the whole rest of the summer? Near the middle of the lake, an adult loon swam with baby one behind. Did they remember there used to be two babies? Do wild animals even have memories like that? Or do they only know now and move on without looking back? The adult loon dipped his head low to look underneath the waves, then curled his neck, rolling forward to dive. Maybe it's kinder not to remember because you don't have to grieve. Please hurry, don't leave the baby alone. I knew the adult had to fish to keep them both alive and death happens in nature all the time and no one notices. But this one mattered to me. I looked around the treetops moving in the breeze. I wish the eagle had picked a fish, I said. The lake has more of those to spare. Me too, Emily said. But the fish probably don't think that. She was right. There was no way to win. I wanted the eagle to eat just not something I loved. I've been thinking if Grandma Lila looks through the binoculars and only sees one baby, we can say that the other one was under the parent's wing, Nate said, or he's swimming on the other side of the adult. You don't always see both babies together, even when there are two. She seemed okay with... Nate's next chime sounded so out of place on the lake 
I watched his kayak swing as he worked his phone out of his pocket. We aren't doing anything this afternoon, are we? Nate asked, reading his screen. The way he said, we aren't, hurt my feelings. After what happened that morning, I wanted someone to spend the day with. I wanted a friend. Why wouldn't he know that? I did want to finish the contest today, I said. Nate didn't immediately say, okay. So I added softly, but I can do that myself. What words do you want to do next? Emily asked. Maybe I can help. Left behind, I said pointedly. Well, that shouldn't be too hard, Emily said. Maybe you could take a photo of someone walking away. Or driving away with Megan. But a person walking away might just look like someone going on a trip, Nate said. Maybe if Emily had dropped something on the road behind her, like a dollar, that would be the left behind part. That would look too staged, Emily said. I could paddle away, Nate suggested, and Lucy could shoot you from behind watching me go. You could be the left behind part. I didn't have time to think of something better. When I had started the contest, it had seemed like I had a lot of time and a million possibilities. But now I had to get my entry in the mail, even if the last photos were only good enough and not everything I wanted them to be. I wish I could take a photo of Ansel looking out at the window because he had the saddest left behind face ever, I said. But Dad would recognize him immediately. So I settled for a couple of shots from behind Nate paddling away and Emily looking after him. But as I was shooting, my eye caught something else. Grandma Lila was standing on the dock waiting for us to come back. From this distance, she looked tiny. I zoomed in to cut our house out of the frame, but not close enough that you could read any expression on Grandma Lila's face. Nate couldn't object to that. I took a photo of her waiting for us, alone, left behind. Chapter 18 Your Name I waited in my room for Megan's car to come and take Nate to I don't know where. Maybe it was some place cool that he'd never been before and that's why he said yes so fast. Or maybe he felt guilty that he'd said no to Megan before and wanted to make up for that. Or maybe our friendship was about me being the new kid next door and that newness had worn off and he was going back to the friend he had before me. Lying on my stomach on my bed, I heard a car door slam and the sound of tires on the dirt driveway. Part of me wanted to watch him leave, but the rest of me didn't move. I didn't even know why it bothered me so much that he was doing something with Megan, except maybe because I liked him as a best friend, and maybe he liked me as a for-now friend. Beside me, Ansel poked me with his paw. 
No, I said. I wondered what Nate and Megan were talking about. Felt like the rest of the world was going on around me and without me. All I wanted to do was feel sorry for myself, but Ansel pushed me with his nose. The front end of him bowed down and the back end pointed up, tail wagging, wanting to play. Not now, I snapped, and his tail stopped wagging. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I held his head between my hands. I didn't mean it. It's been the worst day in the world. One of the best things about Ansel is that he believes you when you say you're sorry. He doesn't make you wait or prove it. He just lets you start over and try again. He licked my face. Come on, I said. Get the leash. That word lifted him right off the bed and down the stairs ahead of me. I had one last photo to shoot for the contest. It was your name. I had planned to let Nate choose how he wrote his name, but he wasn't here. And even though I was hurt that he'd left, I still cared about Grandma Lila seeing the loons. She might not remember it forever, but I would. I'm just taking Ansel for a quick walk. I'll be back. I yelled at the kitchen and hurried outside so mom wouldn't say she'd come with us or see my face and ask me if something was wrong. In the woods behind our house, Ansel sniffed each plant and rock he could reach on his leash. I followed behind him from smelling place to smelling place and gathered up long pine cones. Then I laid them out on a patch of ground to spell out Nate Bailey. After I shot a few photos of his name, I kicked and threw the pine cones in all different directions to erase the letters. Ansel thought it was a game and tried to chase after the pine cones. I let him bring one home in his mouth. It made the walk home shorter because he couldn't smell things and carry a pine cone in his mouth at the same time. Back in my room, Ansel shredded the pine cone to little bits on my rug, and I got out the contest list. I'd always imagined that Nate and I would make the final choices together, but as I looked at the photos and made decisions, I stopped minding that he wasn't there and started feeling happy with the photos I had taken. With each photo, I asked myself if it was my best shot for that word, and then I considered if Dad might recognize it. But he'd spent so little time here before the trip I didn't think anything in my photos would stand out to him. He might recognize Grandma Lila when he meet her again, but Dad had said he needed to pick the contest winner as soon as he got home. It was unlikely that he would see her up close before then. Beside, each contest word was a space for a short comment. I wrote my descriptions as if Nate were writing them. Your name, Nate Bailey. Design. The loon's back has a beautiful polka dot pattern and he has stripes on his neck. Three feet. Friends at the lake. Secret. A great blue heron in the mist. Collection. Rock candy. Skip. Skimming rocks. Holding on. My grandmother's hand on the arm of a rocking chair. Sticky, melting banana split. 
journey. Going down this mountain trail is a lot easier than climbing up. Beyond Reach The Mountains Heading home From the middle of the lake, looking back at our cottage. At the shore Moons can't walk very far, so they need to lay their eggs at the shore. Exit the doorway out of our grocery store. Left behind, my grandmother waiting for us to come back. Lines, birch trees and blue sky. A closer look. This chipmunk came to check out our snacks. He came for a closer look and a closer taste. Wonder, a hand on the surface of the lake I wonder what's going on down there. Unexpected. A purple dragonfly. I'd never seen one this color before. On its own. When you're alone on a mountaintop, you feel like you're the only person in the world. A new day. Sunrise and the lawn chair left overnight on our dock. At the crossroads. You can take either path on this mountain trail to get around these big rocks, but both ways are steep. Out of place. A girl's feet on the beach of her new house. She was scared that first day because everything was new. Texture. This toad blends in so well with the tree trunk that my friend and I almost didn't see him. Hope. How can this tiny flower growing between the rocks survive here? Now and then. This is a photo within a photo. The old photo was taken by someone else, but the new one was taken in the same spot. Lost. I looked at my two best lost photos. The one of Grandma Lila was honest. And the photo of Nate pretending to be lost in the woods, it just looked fake. I picked up my cell phone. Please be there, Dad. Hello? Relief washed through me. Dad, I have a photography question. I'm in the middle of a shoot, but I'm glad you called. I'm sorry I hurt your feelings about the loon chick this morning. Thank you. Felt so nice to hear the concern in his voice. I need help deciding something. What is it? Dad asked. Let's say you took a great photo, but it was of a person and someone in her family didn't like the way she looked in the photo. Well, people almost never like the way they look in photos. What the camera shows isn't always how they see themselves. They look heavier than they want or... But what if it's for an article you're doing and something good might come out of it? Would you use it? I heard him exhale considering. Did the person in the photo tell you it was okay to take their photo? Yes. Well, I'd have to weigh the effect the photo could have on that one person against the bigger story. Maybe the photo was art, 
or news, or it's a photo that will change people's minds about something important. Important things are always complicated, and that's what makes them hard, but it's also what makes them matter. What if there's more than one thing that's important? I don't know, Lucy. At some point, you just have to choose and then be brave enough to stand up to the people who think you made the wrong choice. I swallowed to keep my voice from breaking. I miss you. Me too. Only a little while longer, okay? We'll talk about everything you want with the, then. Okay. I said. She doesn't remember, I wrote in the contest entry box. A walk to the post office was a set number of steps, past the church, past the grocery store, past the gift shop, up the stairs and into the building. I knew I could change my mind any time until those last few seconds when I handed my envelope to the postmaster and paid the postage. As I got to town, I felt my feet slowing down. Am I holding back because this is a bad idea or just because I'm scared? I had always planned that Nate and I would mail our entry together, but he was off with Megan and I didn't want to talk about the pictures with him. If he asked which photo I had used for Lost, I'd have to admit, I used the one he didn't want me to. Looking around Main Street, I realized this town already felt a tiny bit mine. Passing the grocery store, I wondered if I'd ever go in Barton's and not look for the exit sign and remember how Grandma Lila couldn't find it. At the gift shop, I could see Emily's loon poster in the window. Take care of the loons before they're gone forever. It's hard to think of anything being gone forever. Most things that go come back again, even if they're a little different when they return. But not always. And when something is gone forever, it can hurt so much you start wondering if it would have been easier if you never had it at all. Did I really wish that second chick had never hatched? Just because we didn't have them very long? Looking at the poster, I thought, well, maybe we can't solve every big problem, but we can try to solve the ones we can. Good things matter, even when they don't last forever. I couldn't bring back the loon chick or that day Nate and Grandma Lila had climbed Cherry Mountain or any of the big things Grandma Lila had lost, but maybe I could bring back a little thing. Even if it wasn't exactly the way it used to be, even if it was just for an afternoon. I might not win the contest money and take Grandma Lila on Loon Patrol, but I walked faster, past the gift shop, up the post office steps, through the door. Even half a chance beats none. Chapter 19, Unexpected For two weeks, I checked the mail every day, expecting a huge package of portfolios to arrive from the magazine sponsoring the contest, but not a single package came for Dad. 
It felt like a big, heavy lump inside me not to tell Nate that I'd used the photo of Grandma Lila for Lost. On my walk home from the post office after mailing our entry, I had texted him. Our contest entry is in the mail. I hope we win. My phone had chimed before I got home. I'm sorry I didn't help. I just had to get away from home for a while. It's hard to keep pretending nothing happened. Okay, I thought. I can see that. I had thought his deciding to go with Megan was about me, but he just needed a break. Have fun, I typed, and I meant it. As August moved on, the summer was slipping through my fingers. The sun set a little earlier each day, marking one day closer to Dad coming home, but also one day less that Nate would be here, one day closer to everything changing. Mom kept suggesting we go school shopping, but I didn't know what kind of clothes the kids wore here. She said the best thing might be gone if we waited until school started, so finally I gave in and went to a mall with her. It was fun to have lunch and ice cream with Mom, and while I was there, I bought a scrapbook for photos. If we didn't win the contest, at least I could give Grandma Lila copies of the loon photos that I had taken. But it was hard to be with all those excited kids at the mall, heading back to friends and sports and clubs. I picked out a few new things to make Mom happy, but when I couldn't find any shoes I liked, I asked her if we could just order them online instead. We have to register you for school, Mom said after breakfast one morning after I came back from checking the mail. Where were those portfolios? They should be here by now. I was thinking after breakfast I could call and see if the school office was open. Maybe the secretary can tell us where your classrooms will be and who your teachers are. She might even be able to show us your homeroom. Wouldn't that be nice? The idea of walking down empty hallways with some stranger telling mom how great it all was and how much I'd like it there made me sick inside. I wanted to go on Loom Patrol, I said softly. I don't have many chances left to go this year. She looked a little disappointed, but she went without me and let me stay home. At 10 o'clock when I was leaving for Loon Patrol, Ansel looked so sad to be left behind that I gave in to those heartbreaking eyes. I don't think you'll like it, I said, clipping on his leash. It involves water, but if you hate it, I'll take you back to the shore and stay with you. On the dock, Nate and Emily were both surprised to see Ansel with me. Do you know if he can swim? Nate asked. Mrs. Rigby's dog has her own life vest, Emily said. It has a handle on the back, so if her dog falls overboard, she can hoist her back in. Ansel looks about the same size as Zoe. I'll go see if I can borrow it. Zoe's vest is pink, Nate said, wrinkling his nose. Ansel's a dog, Emily said. He doesn't care if it's pink, but he cared about water. And as she left, Ansel and I both looked doubtfully at the kayak. Just remember, you were the one begging to come, I told him. The pink doggy life preserver was a little too big, but it fit well enough to try it. Would you hold Ansel while I get in the kayak and then just pass him over to me? I asked Emily as I adjusted the straps. Emily picked up Ansel and held him on her hip like he was a toddler. You'll like it, Ansel. You'll see. 
But when she waded into the water, Ansel waved his legs frantically. I got into the kayak as fast as I could and laid the paddle across the front. It'll be fun, Ansel, Emily said, putting him in my arms. I held on tight as Ansel's claws dug into my arm and his head rammed backwards into my neck. Emily gave my kayak a big push and my paddle fell off the front of the kayak into the water. Don't be scared, I whispered into Ansel's neck. It was scary for me at first too, but I won't let anything bad happen to you, I promise. Nate moved his kayak up beside me and held out my paddle. Can I help? Ansel was still shaking, but he wasn't trying to get down, probably because the only place to get down was into the lake. I kept one arm around him and reached for my paddle with my other. You guys go on ahead. This might take a while. Ansel leaned back as tight against me as he could, but as we floated, I found I could let go of him enough to allow me to take a few strokes. I moved the kayak slowly through the water. See, this isn't so bad. By the time we passed Miss Rigby's house and Ansel saw her dog outside, he was comfortable enough to give some excited woofs, though he was still quivering. On the lake, his barks echoed. They hear you all the way in Massachusetts, I teased him. That would make for a fun photo of the two of you, Nate said. You have your camera? No, I left it at home. I figured I'd have my hands full with Ansel. Nate nodded. Contest was fun but it's nice having it done. We get to do things and see things without thinking about whether it's a good picture. I smiled, but I couldn't help framing with my eyes all the shots I was missing. As we paddled around, Ansel fell asleep in my lap. I moved slowly and rhythmically, dip and pull. We've worn him out, Emily said. He's too tired to be scared now, I said. I didn't think about it but I'm not sure how I'll get him out of the kayak with him. I'll go in first, Nate said, then I'll hop out and take him from you. Going through the lily pads, I disturbed some insects hanging out there and one shimmery winged bug jumped onto the nose of my kayak. The need to save each moment was so strong in me that if I'd had my camera, I know I would have shot the scene, but instead I let him walk onto my finger and deposited him on another lily pad. Looking ahead to the dock, I saw Grandma Lila standing there with her clipboard waiting for us. My gaze wandered past her. Mom's car was back in our driveway. She was home from registering me at school. But when I glanced at our house, I startled so sharply that I woke Ansel. Dad was on the porch. Chapter 20, On Its Own. Hey! Dad held out his arms to me as I raced up our front porch steps. Where were you? I missed you being here to greet me. I hugged him as hard as I could. I wouldn't have gone on Loon Patrol if I knew you were coming home today. You weren't supposed to come home until Wednesday. I thought I'd surprise you. I met some nice people on the plane and they gave me a ride from the airport to their house in Conway. Then when I called mom to come get me, she was at your new school. 
I couldn't believe he was here. Ansel was jumping against Dad's leg, trying to lick his hand. I saw you in the kayak, Ansel. Dad reached down to stroke his ears. Lucy has turned you into a real New Hampshire dog while I was away. He didn't like it at first, but then he went to sleep, I said. So either he got comfortable with it or he just got tired of worrying about it. You look great, Lucy. I love seeing both of you out there on the lake. I grinned. Do you want to see the loons? They were down by the point a few minutes ago. They might still be there. The baby's getting so big. He was black when he was tiny, but now he's getting more brown. Let's do it later, Dad said. I haven't even unpacked yet. I have a million details to sew up from this trip, including that I lost a piece of luggage. Well, I didn't lose it. The airline did. And I have to call my editor. Somehow, I have to tell Marjorie that my photos aren't exactly what we talked about. Okay. I tried not to let my disappointment show. The loons would be there later. So, um, remember how you asked me to keep an eye out for a big package of kids' portfolios? Well, they haven't come yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you that you didn't have to watch for them anymore. What? I stopped breathing. Why? When I told Marjorie I didn't think I'd have time, she picked 10 finalists and made me an online gallery of their portfolio so I wouldn't have to weed through hundreds, only 10. She sent me the link of a few days ago. I let my breath go in a rush. Marjorie picked the finalists? But that wasn't part of the rules. You were supposed to see all the entries and choose. Don't worry. I'm sure Marjorie knows what's okay. Thanks for reminding me, though. I have to pick the winner before I talk to her because it's the first thing she'll ask me. Maybe you should choose the winner now, I said. Just think of those poor kids waiting and worrying and wondering and waiting. He's only just got home, Mom said through the screen door. Give the poor man a minute. Dad sighed. You know, it would be nice to have that contest behind me. And maybe telling her I've picked the winner will soften the blow that I didn't exactly stick to my assignment. Okay, do you want to help me choose, Lucy? You choose first, I said, because you're the real judge. For once, I was glad he was so into his work. I wouldn't have to wait to find out. Usually it seems so quick to walk into a house and boot up the laptop, but today it felt like forever. When I imagined this moment, I thought I'd feel happy and excited, ready to say, look, I told you I was good at this. I hadn't imagined that I'd feel so scared. I sucked in my bottom lip to keep from saying anything and giving away how important this was to me. Okay, here's the list. Dad turned his laptop around and I looked at the 10 names. I didn't have to look far because Bailey was right at the top couldn't bear to sit next to dad. It was too hard pretending I was only curious, not dying to know. I started scrolling through images, making hmm sounds. I'll be right back, I said. I need some paper and a pen so I can take notes when it's my turn. But really, I hurried upstairs to get my camera so I could prove to him the photos from the contest were mine. And soon, as I won,